Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we have a disaster of a show for you this week. <laughs> it's promising, right? It's good. Off to a good start. Yeah, it's promising. No, the, the, the show should be okay. Don't worry, next week's episode, that'll be good. Next Come week's episode will be okay. Um, but uh, no, this week we have a disastrous uh, performance at a PPTQ to talk about. Um, and, uh, then we're just gonna basically talk about the new standard cause a lot of new deck, not new decks popping up really, but like, you know, lots and lots of new cards being added, uh, to the, uh, competitive standard environment. Um, first I just want to start off by reading these two tweets from Patrick Chapin. So I just don't forget to read them later. Um, uh, Patrick Chapin tweeted yesterday, uh, these two tweets, um, uh, so he said that, first of all, he said literally 20 out of the 160 new Fate Reforged cards showed up in the top 16 of the first SCG Open with it, which is completely unheard of for a small set. Um, and then he also said that Tassiger, Ugin, Valorous Stance, Monastery Mentor, Crux of Fate, Silumgar, Wild Slash, Frontier Siege, Outpost Siege, Abzan Advantage, Soulfire Grandmaster, Collateral Damage, and Warden of the First Tree all made top 8 of the event. Um, and that's just, that's insane. Like to have a small set, um, you know, have such an impact day one in standard and not just, you know, from people trying to be cute, you know, cause that's what happens is a lot of these decks will, uh, you know, people will go, Oh, I want to play the new cards and they'll just get smashed by the old cards. Not so much this time. This is really a breakout performance for, uh, for fate reforged. Um, do you think that, did they have any idea about the rotation changes when they made this set? I mean, they might have. I yeah. also think that some of this phenomenon is just that a lot of these cards are just super cool and people yeah. wanted to try them. It's true. Because uh, I, I think a lot of these were, were, were experiments, although I, I don't think Tassiger Ugin, uh, Valorous Dance, um, Crux. I guess they just made a bunch of really good cards. They did, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe they made a bunch of good cards because they knew they'd be in the format a lot, like, for a smaller amount of time than uh, mm-hmm. than they would have normally been. But who's to say? Um, regardless... Soulfire Grandmaster. That, that's one that was just more cool than good, I think. Maybe. I mean, depending on the deck. It's a great card, though. Uh, anyway, so really cool to see so many new cards popping up right away. But... Also, we played in an event, and it went horribly. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, Stephen, uh, you did we, did we talk about your? We did talk about this deck. We we talked about as you know the thing I was messing around with before I got to the real decks, <laughs> <laughs> right? Of of either Mardu, Jeskai, or Red White Aggro, right? And, you know, I I fell I fell victim to to the week one syndrome where. 
there's all these cool cards and you want to try them out. But I didn't want to just try one or two of them in a normal shell, which would have been what I did with Mardu or Jeskai. Right, right. Or, or even Red White with like Valorous Dance or something like that. I, I wanted to go all out. I wanted to try something completely new. And I went ahead and I played that blue-green Morph Manifest deck that we talked about <laughs> on the last show. Um, I tried I tried to talk myself out of it. I, I, I sleeved up the deck. I didn't even have all the Whisperwood Elementals. I only had two of them. So I only had two of the you know best cards in my deck, <laughs> and I still went three and one at FNM, and that's because the, for the first match I was still sleeving up my deck and got there a little late, and so our match went to time, and I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like play for a draw, so I just I just conceded because it was my fault, uh, and then I won the rest. Um, <laughs> so that didn't really help things. Um, the deck felt like, and it feels still to be like solidly tier two. Like, you're not insane if you play this deck. Um, if you draw reasonably well and don't get unlucky, like you can't get mana screwed, and you don't make you make less than average uh, play mistakes, uh, you can do reasonably well at a somewhat competitive event like a PPTQ. Because um, I was never like super out of any of the the matches I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, at FNM, I played against Mardu. I played against Blue Black Control. You know, these are real decks, and right, right. and won. So I, I just, I just went all in and wanted to just, I just wanted to see what the deck had in it. And I, I had some mana issues. I'm only playing 22 lands, but Ooh. eight mana dorks. Yeah, um, that's okay. Yeah, I thought that'd be fine, but it, it came up twice during the three matches that I played in the PTQ because <laughs> I went one two and dropped. Um, but the deck was not like uncompetitive or anything like that. It was fine. It was almost on equal footing with you know the tier one deck. So, you know that might be a build issue. It probably isn't. I just don't think the concept's very good. I, I feel like I got to a like a, a reasonable build of it. I basically wanted to play a fun deck with a bunch of new cards that was a different concept that people are playing. Uh-huh. Uh, just because you know I, I like to see people try to read secret plans. And... <laughs> And just completely forget that it gives plus zero, plus one as they try to drown sorrow all your manifested guys. Ah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I thought my edge was that no one's really figured out that Whisperwood Elemental is really, really, really good. And this deck got to play four of them. And so I, I thought I had a small edge there. And if I got reasonably lucky, it would, you know, it could do something. It could make, it could, it could do okay. And, you know, it did an FNM. It's absolutely a great deck and a great choice for an FNM because it's a, it's a really fun deck to play. Uh, a lot of decisions to make and a lot of uh, – I don't know if it's decisions or interaction. It's a lot of triggers to remember. Right, so I, don't, right. I don't know if that makes it a very interactive or skill-intensive deck because <laughs> um, I think I mistake that. Whenever I thought like the – and the burn deck was pretty skill-intensive, uh, but there's a lot of triggers to remember. So <laughs> that's one measure, I guess, of, of, of skill intensity. Um, but yeah, I went one and two and, and dropped – um, I, I probably should have just tried to play the best Whisperwood Elemental deck I could find. Mm. Um, like maybe Naya Tokens or something like that. Or actually just stuck with an actual established deck like Mardu or Jeskai or Red White. Right. Um, yeah, I just, whenever, I'm, whenever you get a Whisperwood in play, it just requires so little of you. It's, it puts out the same amount of power as a rated Wingmate Rock, which is just basically one of the best things you could be doing in Standard, for the same amount of mana but in a color that has ramp in it mm-hmm. and you don't have, there's, there's nothing you have to do. It just has to live. It has to live to your end step, which is very easy to, to work around because, you know, generally people start tapping around around turn four, turn five. Right. And it, yeah, you get, you get six power across two bodies with upside in the fact that you're manifesting something. So it could potentially be 
something even better. And with the upside that it can uh, give you some amount of wrath protection, uh, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of your, your little mana dorks not completely dead on board versus um, uh, other creatures if they try to go and kill the Whisperwood Elemental. So it has like it has like double upside. And then it just snowballs out of control, kind of like a, a, ra- a goblin rabble master. If they don't yeah. kill it, you just keep getting those things. So but it's it's basically Wingmate Rock and Goblin Rabble Master together in a green card, which you get to play with, you know, the <laughs> carry added coarser um, <laughs> combo. But yeah, but that's the problem is that like, uh, or at least one of the potential problems is if you're playing against blue black control, that's like the main deck you would want to have wrath protection against. And they run perilous vault. Oh, they've the, see the, here's the thing. Now you're you're better because now they've switched more towards Crux of Fate. And that's true. They're and leaning less on. They're they're only running two of the Perilous Vault now instead of the four. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. But the two was enough. But anyway, I'm not bitter. Uh, <laughs> no. But ser- yeah. But seriously though, I mean, obviously against that card, it's not any good. But um. But yeah, if if they do go more heavy into Crux of Fate, uh, which I don't agree with because I think that. Exile is huge in a format with a bunch of whips running around. Well, yeah, and and killing all the planeswalkers, yeah. But that's, I mean, I I think it's a cool choice. Um, I'm glad you you stuck to it and tried to make it work <laughs> in a in a real event. Um, I'm not glad that you failed, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to play against it because, man, that's like one of those things where it's like such a it is such a surprise factor, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're playing bad cards. Just, mm, some of them were. Some of them are. I mean, but they're they're synergistic. True. You know, bad by themselves, but good in combination with the other cards in your deck. And it, if it comes together, the it, it it puts together a very powerful engine. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about this, and if I wanted to play a deck like that, I should have just played Jeskai because, you know, if if you have a deck and you consistently get that engine together, you get your uh, ascendancy out. Then it's better than basically anything anyone could do in standard so right right <laughs> probably shouldn't mess around with right into being although i love that card that card's so awesome um, it's a good card i mean i definitely uh had a lot of problems with it in sealed um but i can imagine you know in a deck like yours uh, it's really good as well yeah it's divination plus brainstorm plus uh, <laughs> no don't go no don't go that nuts <laughs> divination Dark plus ritual. brainstorm Jeez Louise. Plus, like, half of a show-and-tell. <laughs> so it's the best card ever printed in Magic. They should have preemptively banned it in all formats. Well, um, sure, but, I mean, they you know, they had to overcost it a little to make it three yeah. to give you all those abilities. But then there's one concession. You have to fill your deck with horrible cards. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. I also went 1-2. We had a very early day here in this seven-round PPTQ. Mm-hmm. Awesome turnout, man. 68 players. Yeah. And you won a, from the Vault Annihilation in a raffle, too, right? Yeah, everyone got, like, a, a free ticket for a free prize. You know, it could be anything from, like, a soda to, you know, a random foil card or a pack of magic cards or, you know, a from the Vault, which which is what I got. Every Everyone that played in the event got it, so... Kudos to Common Ground Games. Yeah, that was awesome. I got a free candy bar, which I ate as a, you know, that was my consolation prize. And it yeah. did console me somewhat. Drown your sorrows in nougat. That's right. Well, I, I went for Butterfinger, but hey. Mm. Um, I, I was like, I hate my teeth and I hate myself. Give me a Butterfinger. 
Um, so I, wa I was very, very, very tempted to play Mono Black Devotion. Very tempted to play it. Still don't really know why I didn't play it. No, I, I kind of I know why you did. I have an idea why I didn't play it. Although I did tune the list to be pretty good in terms of like smoothing out my draws, um, you know, putting powerful stuff down on the board very quickly. I think I made some really cool. Uh, I mean, I think I built a really cool version of the deck. However, uh, I started goldfishing the blue white heroic deck. Um, a day or two before the event, and got really, really interested in, in running the deck because it just seemed really powerful. Um, it could really be explosive, and then it also had ways to protect it. And, and I thought it was a cool a cool choice. Uh, didn't require a lot of the new cards, which is also useful for someone who doesn't have any of the new cards. So I sleeved it up, and I'd never played it. It was the first time I had cast blue spells this entire standard season. So... Um, not like they're the, the typical blue spells, but still. Played the deck uh, and found out very quickly how much of a dog I was to a couple uh, key cards in the format, um, which was unfortunate. Uh, so, let's see, round one. Round one I played against a really strange blue-red, like a burn kind of deck that was running Master the Way. Master the Way, dig through time. It was just digging for Master the Ways. That was a crazy match, actually, and the fact that I had to go—I don't—did I go three games? I think the fact that I had to go to three games against that deck is pretty telling in terms of how good this deck was going to be. Round two—I uh, can't remember her last name, but I played against Deanna, and um, she was playing one of the most nasty, ridiculous decks that I've seen in a while. It was like a four-color. It's like Brad Nelson's list. Uh, I was like four color everything basically, because hmm. like so game one, I, I I see butcher of the horde on turn three. This is off of a board. The board state was Naya lands and a Sylvan Caryatid, and it was a turn three butcher of the horde. Hmm. I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that at all. And then it was a turn four siege rhino. I was like, oh, huh. I see nothing but Naya on the board, and I just get, like, the two of the biggest, beefiest black creatures played back-to-back -back against me. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of sucked. So, game now, two... let me ask you something. Uh-huh. How many Valorous Stance are you running? I run one main and two board. So, I bring all, you know, I bring the two in, right? And I'm like, all right, sweet, here we go. You know, I got these, I got this, I'm good to go. And... Oh, and then she plays a turn three Rabble Master and follows it up with a Crackling Doom. And I'm like, oh, this deck has everything, and what do I do? I was just so dead. I was just like, I kept saying, like, I don't think that, like, O2 even describes the match sufficiently. Hmm. Like, I was like, I should lose last round for how bad I lost this round. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like I was mad about it or nothing. I was a really good sport about it and actually was, you know, she made top eight and I was pulling for, her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so uh, but it was a great deck. She played, you know, wonderfully. And uh, and I was I, it was awesome. I was just like, wow, I think I picked up three crackling tombs. <laughs> I was like, I need these. I don't even know why I'm not going to play red. But I just need to have these for some reason. I wound up trading for some. <laughs> anyway, uh, round three, I play against blue-black control. 
So, speaking of cards that totally blow me out, Crackling Doom, the last round, where all of my, um, by the way, all of my Stubborn Denials were still in my board, Game 2, because mm. uh, I was like, I, I saw nothing but five, you know, like four drop huge creatures. It's like, well, I don't need these Stubborn Denials, and then it was just like spells that killed me. I was like, okay, great. Oh, yeah, no, it was like a turn two uh, Lightning Strike. I was like, Lightning Strike? Oh, yeah, that's a card. Ugh, man. But anyway, round three, blue-black control. My deck has a lot of ways to fend off removal spells, to to take itself out of range of Drown and Sorrow. It can do all kinds of things to uh, to protect the main strategy. The one card that it really can't protect itself against is Ugin the Spirit Dragon, man. Mm-hmm. Whew. I got blown out so hard by Ugin the Spirit Dragon. So so game one, Ugin comes down, takes out my creature. I didn't really have a follow-up play, and I just I just scooped because I just wasn't I just wasn't getting there. It was a waste of time, especially playing against Control to just take that whole first match so far. So I was like, all right, fine, I'm boarding all my stubborn denials. You know what I mean? And like maybe I can counter the thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did I win? I won game two. I did. Um, but then game three. Drops another Ugin, and I'm like, all right. So I, I was like, okay, now I know what I got to do here. So I was like, I have to force him to use his minus two ability every turn until he can't use it anymore, and then I have to protect my creature because he was at six life. And I was like, mm-hmm. I got this. I was like, I got this. I, I, I was like, I figured this out. So so I, I you know, I, I play a creature. He, he, he minuses two. He kills it. All right. Then I play another creature, minus his two. And I'm digging, meantime, you know, every scry trigger I get, I'm just wasting scries on creatures that he's that are going to die, just trying to dig to more creatures. Just keep digging, 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 digging. I managed to do this. I managed to drop one creature every turn and force him to use that minus two. Finally, it's at one. He ticks it up. I take the creature, because I can't prevent the damage or, or give it protection because it's colorless. Which is amazingly busted. It really is. The fact that that card is colorless is so tough. Um, so I take it out of range of lethal from the plus two. And then he drops a perilous vault. <laughs> <laughs> it was his only card in hand. He had one card in hand. Perilous vault. And I was like, you got it. Scooped him up. <laughs> oh, don't scoop there. Oh, yeah, you do. There was no way I was getting past that. No, because at that point, then he's just ticking up Ugin, ticking up Ugin. No, I was dead. I was gone. Like, I, I, I had wasted every resource yeah, trying to fight the Ugin. The Perilous Vault would exile his own Ugin. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't having it. So, anyway, it was it was, it was was a bummer. So, I, I, I dropped. I, want, I need Ugins now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to play, I'm going to, I mean, Green Devotion looks really good right now. It really does. Like, Frontier Siege, Ugin, I want in. Like, I mean, I was already in on Green Devotion. Sure. But, like, adding those two cards that I feel are, like, so awesome to the deck, I'm in. I want in. I want in. I went back in on uh, on Green Devotion. So, so, that, so that's what you're building next. I'm pretty sure I am, yes. Now, here's the thing um, about the blue-white heroic deck. I'm not so sure that I want to keep playing this deck. Um, I'm not so sure that you can keep playing this deck right now in its current state. Although it did it did top eight uh, the SCG Open. Uh, pre- uh, Logan Mize 
uh, playing the exact same list he played like the week before um, with no no added cards. Uh, okay, so because of things like Crackling Doom and Ugin, they're both very, very, very almost impossible for the deck to uh, to battle. Um, I I mean I think that's that was just that just happened to be because of the meta game at the tournament we happened to be in. I mean, if you look at the SEG, like Mardu was like almost nowhere to be found. But yeah, if you looked at the PPTQ we were at, I think it was the most commonly played deck. It might have been, yeah. But anyway, this is what I'm saying is that like I think that the deck should really slow down a little. Like I don't know. I, I think that it, I think that converting it into more of a blue-white aggro, maybe adding ab, uh, maybe adding Brimaz, um, definitely adding Monastery Mentor, um, because yeah, Monastery Mentor. As much as I, because my mana base, twenty-two lands is just so tough, and. I don't. I don't. I just didn't even like playing a three drop and then having to follow it with another play to get value out of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the same reason why I didn't even wind up playing the Heliod's Pilgrims in my list because it was like a three drop to search for an enchantment. Why do I want to do that? Like, I don't know. I I wasn't I wasn't digging that idea. Although I did run one main deck treasure cruise, which was awesome. Huh. That was that was that was actually really good. It, it, I think every time I ever cast Treasure Cruise, I cast it for one blue. Um, when I played it, and uh, I liked that a lot. I'd almost want to add a second one because I went with like seven fetch lands. Like I really did like make it like really like Treasure Cruise friendly, mm-hmm. and could have probably added a second. But I was just the list is just so, so tight. So you're you're complaining about three drops. But you want to add more treasure crews. Well, the deck can play treasure crews, because it's because you put so much stuff in your graveyard. Even your enchantments go to the graveyard after you get counters on your creatures. You know, it, it your graveyard fills up fast, and you have no way to get the stuff back because it's just so it's just it's just fodder. I'm not sure I'm crazy about continuing playing the deck. I think it needs some serious changes uh, to stay competitive. If if there's going to be a lot of Ugin showing up, um, if there's going to be a lot of uh, Crackling Doom showing up. Now, I think in a world of Ugin, I think that's one of the decks you choose to play. So, like, if if the metagame somehow warps into, you know, Ugin decks versus decks that can beat Ugin decks, well, it depends. It depends what kind of decks those are. If they're control decks, then... I feel like an aggro deck is where you want to be. Sure, but this isn't so much of an aggro deck because it just runs one creature out. Like, I think it's more, this is more of a combo deck. Like, you kept saying it's not a combo deck when we were talking. I was like, no, dude, Blue-White Heroic is totally a combo deck. I think that, I think that like, continuing on the Monastery Mentor uh, path, I think that if you were to add more main deck Stubborn Denials... And add like and go to like the full four seeker of the way and maybe go more of a prowess theme. I think the deck could be a little better. It, it might, like I said, I might. I think slowing the deck down, maybe going more for prowess than um, than heroic, because you're just trying to target the same creatures over and over and over again with the heroic strategy. Um, I don't know. Like, like, Stubborn Denial was such an awkward card to play 
mm-hmm. because it didn't trigger your heroic, but like it was really good when it, when it was good. Sure. Um, would you rather have negate or disdainful strokes in your sideboard? I've I've thought about it too. You know, I really have. Um, I like the idea of just being able to to just counter the spell mm-hmm. rather than having to have the right parry spell, if you will. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, it just feels better to maybe have a counter, which almost makes it feel like, you know, you almost want to do like a combo control kind of thing where you're like, I have this creature, I'm going to protect the heck out of it. And then I'm going to kill you with it. Um, which is kind of what the deck does, but maybe going more into counters rather than like, you know, like buffs. But anyway, there's, 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 like I said, there's a lot of different things you could do. I'm not so sure it's my style. Mm -hmm. Um, but but it was fun to try and, and I liked it. Uh, but I really really like the 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 mono green. Now now there was a deck that showed up um, in the SCG that was a red white heroic mm-hmm. build. Um, this list here is uh, Zach Jesse. Um, so it runs all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> I don't even know. It's just trying to go a little faster. Crowan Linebreaker. How is a three drop faster? Well, Fabled cause... Hero. A Crowan Skyguard I actually thought about putting in the deck. <laughs> um, well, the Linebreaker, I mean, if you untap with him and you have like three relevant spells, I mean, you can kill him that turn. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, you just target him twice, so he gets up to like what? Um, he'd be a six drop at that. He has six power at that, po- at that point. Yeah, and it's, this and then, runs. And then you, you run the Teamer Battle Rage. Mm hmm. Yeah, this runs seven, seven spells that uh, protect your creature from not Ugin, main deck. I don't think Ugin's really the enemy of this deck. If they, if 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 your if your opponent gets to eight mana, then you as the as the red white or blue white aggro player have already lost. You've you've not enacted your game plan. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even worry about Ugin. Yeah, U- Ugin means like that's the that's their whole point is they is they get to a game state where they can cast Ugin. And your deck is supposed to be fighting against that. You don't get to be reactive once they once they cast the Ugin. That's the whole point of Ugin. That's why he costs eight. You get him out, he costs eight. There's no more reacting. He he just does what he does. There's not a lot of going over the top or reacting or, you know, oh, oh crap, he, he cast an Ugin. Now what do I do? I mean, you either, you either play the deck that's casting the Ugin or you play the deck that prevents you from getting to the point of the game where you can cast the Ugin. Yeah. Um, or, you know, something kind of similar to it where you're either casting, I guess some people were playing, I think BBD and, uh, Brad Nelson were playing, uh, they were playing green, black constellation ramp into Ugin, but they also, I think sighted in, or they might've even had it main deck. I think it was sideboard, uh, Garrick, the, the seven drop Garrick. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you can either cast them after they, they play their Ugin and then you just plus one them, kill Ugin. That's fine. And now you've got an awesome planeswalker in play. Or you have him in play, and Ugin can't kill him without killing himself. Or, like, taking him down to one. No, no, yeah, because he has seven loyalty. So he has to minus seven to kill Ugin, or to kill uh, Garrick. Right, right. So he has to kill himself to, to kill Garrick. Huh. So it's, like, an interesting counter Ugin play. That's pretty cool. But that's a ramp deck. Ramp deck can worry about, you know, oh, how do I react to Ugin in the late game? You know, what's my trump card? But... Uh, w- once you've signed up for the the red white heroic, you're not in that boat. You're not in the well. Where's my trump card for Ugin? You're running a Crow and Linebreaker and 
in team or battle rage, it's too late. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, as someone who played heroic and lost to Ugin, you know, two times, it's not like they don't have anything until turn eight. Sure. You know, they've got other ways to stop your deck well before the Ugin drops. Once the Ugin drops, you got one thing, they've got one thing, and it's just, it's just, it just trumps the the thing you have. But they, I mean, they're building towards dropping that Ugin. Um, I think you're just the type of player that wants to play the Ugin. I think this is a I good. I want to play the Ugin. This is a good little. Was a Roshark? Was was it called the test? Rorschach test? How do you say that? (laughs) Rosewater test? Yes, it's the Rosewater test. Um, You know, you're presented with an Ugin. It's an 8-drop that basically is unanswerable. Love Shack! The Love Shack test. That's what it is. It's the Love Shack test. Yeah, you you put your hand on it, you squeeze it, and you see if you're, you know, a groovy lover or not. Um, Knock it a little louder, sugar. (laughs) Sure. So you see it, and it's a it's a divide, you know. You look at the Uga, and you're like, you know, do I want to? Am, am I with him or am I against him? And I'm I'm against him. I see an Ugin, and I'm like, great, I'll play an aggro deck. And you see an Uga, and you're like, that's I want I want to do that. Yeah. Now, how do you how do you beat that? You don't beat it. You play it. You play it, and you play a deck that, you know, gets the game to the point where you can play it. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I'm more of an aggressive player, and I see that I'm like, oh, no problem. Play an aggro deck. And uh, just smile as I kill you with that card just rotting in your hand. It's a test of who you are as a player and what type of decks you like to play. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I know I, who I, I think we're on different sides. We're like, oh, there's just no way. You see, the, you got to play the, the Ugin player. That's the guy that's got it going on. And I'm like, no way, man. You're the heroic deck. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> that's just because we like to play different decks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to play a lot of Ugin. So anyway, so we had uh, the first SCG open over the week. Oh, uh, speaking of um, who won the event at Gerard CGG? Fabiano. No, at CGG. Oh, um, that guy. The Jeskai deck. Jeskai tokens. He's uh, of some generally Eastern European descent. I hope you don't keep that uh no i'm not gonna keep that <laughs> and it's not the croatian no it's uh, no i know who i know and i can tell you exactly who it is um so we so think. Uh, stop, stop, sure. stop 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 okay so uh stop saying things <laughs> damn it stop okay <laughs> but so Bob. anyway stop it his name is Basil. Basel. Yeah, I know it's Basil. It's it's Basil Said. I know who the hell it is. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Talk. That's the that's his name. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. You know that girl you played, like round Deanna. two. Deanna. Yeah, she made top four too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I said that in the podcast. I said she made top eight. Uh, I don't listen to these podcasts. I said it in this recording today. Okay, well, it hasn't come out yet, so I don't know how. <laughs> you wouldn't listen to it if it did come out. <laughs> so who won? <laughs> Some Eastern European f- guy. I don't know. Oh, I thought that we had a lot of keepable stuff there, and you just had to ruin it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it down. This is we 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 we, we uh, lean man, keeping it lean. 
Alright, so, um, so who won the PPTQ (laughs) at Common Ground Games? Uh, Peter Liu finished in second place, uh, so congratulations to Peter playing Red White Aggro. I don't think he did. Yeah, he did. No, didn't he play Basel? Yeah, he played Basel, uh, Basel uh, Saeed. And I apologize if I'm butchering your name there. Yeah, uh, but I'm looking at a picture of Peter playing Basel in the top four. I thought that was the final. Well, there's a, there's two other people playing at the same time. They're playing the losers match. It's like the World Cup. Oh, is that really how it works? No. Okay. Well, you can. And then you all stand on a podium at the end. Third place. You play for third place. It's not how it works. Um, but I thought they were. I thought they played in the final. Whatever. Either way, Peter made top four at least, so congrats mm-hmm. to Peter. Basel won, playing Jeskai Tokens. Congratulations to Basel. Um, definitely had some good matches against him in the past. Uh, he's a really, really talented player, and uh, good to see him uh, at our store. And uh, glad I didn't have to play Alec May, even though he was there. But good to see him in our store. It was, it was just cool to see, like, all these faces that we see at like these bigger events show up at common ground games because it's like common ground games is hopefully going to be one of the bigger stores, you know, because we've, I mean, they've got the space, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, now they got the events. So hopefully we'll, uh, see some, uh, more competitive events and, uh, more competitive, uh, players showing up. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, uh, moving on to the SCG Open this weekend, the uh, the winner and still champion of the parish, Gerard Fabiano playing Soltai Control, which contains no champion of the parish, but does contain Ugin the Spirit Dragon. There's that Ugin again. Seven main deck Planeswalkers. Pretty good. Seder Wayfinder as the only creature. <laughs> you can only cast four heroes downfall. This is a... He only runs three. Well, I mean, I guess you could cast more if you were to run some sort of card that recurred your cards from the graveyard, perhaps of an opponent's selection. But he isn't. He's not? No. He's not playing any cards that let you do that? Is he? I mean, in the sideboard. Oh, and, oh, in the sideboard. Okay. Well, that's but that's not in the main deck. Yeah, Tassie McNasty, the Golden Fang. Tassiger the Golden Fang. Why is this card ten dollars? <laughs> People, because it looked so sweet on camera when he was playing with it. Really? Yeah, it just looked really cool. He'd cast it for like one mana, and then basically just lock his opponent out of the game. I don't. I don't know. Everybody's hyping up this card. Even names that I trust, Chapin Flores. Hyping up this card, I just, I don't know. Something about it, I just don't see why it's so good. Does that make me a bad player? I think it's fine. I don't think it's like, beat you over the head, Siege Rhino good, or even Rabble Master good. Like, if Siege Rhino isn't $10, then this cannot be $10. I mean, this is just because the set just came out. Yeah, I guess. Give it like two weeks, this thing will be like three or four bucks. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I just short it if you can. I don't know if I don't know how you do that. 
you should figure out a way. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my big inv- uh, innovation. Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this deck looks really crazy. Two Rakshasa secret. He just loves that card. He's out of control. This man needs to be stopped. Because you saw him win the, the GP with that crazy draft deck, right? No, I did not. He first picked a Rakshasa's secret. You gotta be kidding me. Like, no doubt. No doubt in his mind. First picked it, top eight. Just like Windmill slammed it. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Like, immediately, like, you know, was opening the pack. Immediately put that to the front. He's <laughs> he's out of control. It's Although, ridiculous. I mean, he won a GP and then just won the standard open, so I'm going to have to say that I'm right and he's still wrong. He's still <laughs> wrong. Oh, man. Uh, disdainful Stroke. It's such a weird deck. I like it. I mean, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. This is really strange. Just filling up the graveyard so you can dig through time, basically, for cheap. Or or murderous cut for cheap. It doesn't even have a treasure cruise. It feels really weird that like, <laughs> that, okay, so it's like basically like it's mostly blue black, but yeah. then its green cards are two Sultai Charm, two Kiora, a Garrick, which is fine because it's a seven drop, but then four Seder Wayfinders. Like that seems like a weird quasi splash. Yeah. Sultai Charms. Sultai Charms good, though. I oh, mean, it's fine right now. I mean, I guess it's a lot. He has some some interesting sideboard cards like Pelucranos and um, Feed the Clan. This deck is insane. <laughs> this, this deck just proves that, like, pilot quality is important sometimes. Oh, I mean, I, that, that seems like a backhanded compliment, but... Uh... I don't think... No, I'm just saying, like, I don't think that this deck could be... I don't think this is I don't think this is a deck that is really great outside of like Gerard being a master. I think it's, it's a it, it's a good first draft. It's just so odd though. The, Why like, isn't Tassiger main? That, that looks like so much fun just playing that. I guess maybe he just didn't want any creatures main. Oh no, it makes plenty of sense. Show them no creatures. They cite out all their creature removal. Then you bring right. in the Tassiger and it just takes over the game and they have no answer. Right. Okay, never mind. I take it back. You know what? Maybe this is just like just a masterwork that I can't possibly understand because he's working at another level. Uh huh. And these two Rakshasa secret main are just the best thing you could be doing. <laughs> I, well, it does. I mean, it, it makes them discard, and then you get you know more cards in your graveyard uh, to dig through time. To dig through time, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess. I guess so. A murderous cut too. I mean, it, it feels that. And right. I guess if if you have the read on the meta where everyone's playing these Abzan decks and they're starting to just get rid of Sylvan Carry Addeds, yeah, and just just try to increase the card quality versus you know while sacrificing tempo, you know, Rakshasa's Secret does a pretty good job of, of uh, dealing with that. Yep. Kill all their early drops and then just empty their hand. Maybe I don't know. I'm a, I'm I'm just this is apologetics right now for. Card selections, I I just do not understand. That's okay. He won. Yeah, this is this is a weird deck. He's he's just shouting scoreboard right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we got red white tokens in second, blue white heroic. Um, I don't even know if that's third or fourth because I'm looking at it on on TCG. 
It's third slash fourth. I mean, that doesn't really matter. The distinction's kind of virtual. Right, right. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, Abzan Agro, Soul Tie Ramp? Mm-hmm. Ali Antrazi, Soul Tie Ramp. Yep, with uh, a nice little fun of. Everyone everyone had the one of fun of fever, fever this, this, this week one. Yeah, but, uh, well, this is an old card. This isn't even a... <laughs> yeah. One of Worst Fears main deck. Sure. That's pretty insane. And he's ramping, though. I mean, if he's trying to ramp, I guess, you know. But he doesn't... Okay, he's got the Karyatids. All right, that makes sense. Just cast an Ugin. What are cast you doing? Ugans. Cast an Ugans. What are you going to accomplish on that turn? Your <laughs> <laughs> hand's going to be empty. Please. <laughs> And it's not like you're running a bunch of creatures. I guess you got your Hornet Queen or something, but I don't know. Well, you can play your Hornet Queen, and then you can Worst Fears take their turn and force them to attack into your Hornet Queen tokens. Or you could wipe the board and not do all that, but whatever. It's great. I like Worst Fears. Sure. <laughs> but if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play Soul Tie Ramp. I don't see a single villainous wealth in this seventy-five. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why wouldn't you play some villainous wealth? Well, um, <laughs> oh gosh, someone was actually playing that. I can't remember what place they got, but yeah, or it wasn't even this event. Maybe it was another event. I remember seeing it too. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw it. I seen it. Yup. Um, I don't think that's a good plan at all. No, no, probably not. But it's fun. I've had that with at like very high mana amounts limited, <laughs> where everyone's playing permanents and creatures. So right. I I just can't imagine feeling too good about making that your 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 game plan in a standard environment where people are playing blue black uh, control as a potential deck choice. Here's a list that the name alone made me go, wait, what? Teamer ascendancy. Yeah. Deck. Teamer Ascendancy Combo. Combo? Combo. Oh my god. Yeah, he said no new decks. I mean, well, no new decks other than blue-green, you know, Manifest, obviously. But, mm-hmm. you know, here's the other new deck. This is silly. So, three Teamer Ascendancies in a deck named Teamer Ascendancy anyway. Two Arbor Colossus, four Elvish Mystic, four Genesis Hydra, one Hornet Queen, two Sylvan Caryatid, four Teamer Sabretooth main deck. It's the combo piece. Teamer Sabretooth. Four Voyaging Seder, two Boon Seder, four Cursor, four Eidolon of Blossoms, two Pelucranos, one Nylea, 23 lands. So you said that uh, the Sabretooth and the Ascendancy is the combo? Sure. Can you explain? Like, I don't know exactly how this works. I mean, I get the basic idea. Are you just bouncing your Genesis Hydra? No. Okay, tell me what we're doing. So what happens is, I guess, I think you get six or seven green devotion on the battlefield. Okay. And then you get a team or ascendancy on the battlefield, and a team or saber tooth on the battlefield, and a voyaging satyr on the battlefield. Really? Yes. Now you can tap your Nykthos, add your seven mana, and activate your your team or saber tooth. You bounce your voyaging satyr. Ah. Put it back. Costing a net of four. So now you have three. You untap Nykthos. Two. Down to one. Tap it back up. Now you have eight. You're, you're adding one mana. And you just repeat that. It's a loop because, you know, your creature's yeah, yeah. 
and now you have infinite mana. So now with infinite mana, you just bounce your team or save your tooth and play them over and over. You draw cards. And then you just play as many creatures as you want. You can make them as big as you want. You draw your whole deck, cast your whole deck, swing for the win. Nylia gives a trample if you if you must. Oh, God. <laughs> now, there's there's another team or a Cincy combo deck at the tournament that was doing pretty well. Oh, that they actually goodness. did a deck tech on. And it had, it had a different uh, combo piece. And that was... Uh, so you don't just need the, the Voyaging Seder. You could have you have to have the Teamer Sabretooth and the Teamer Sensi. Those are the combo pieces. Mm-hmm. But this one, you could also have a Karametra's Acolyte. And then you didn't need to have Nykthos. Because you could just cast it, tap it, bounce it, cast, tap, bounce. My goodness. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then, you know, Genesis Hydra is basically your tutor to find the piece. That is freaking crazy. I like it. It, it actually looked really good on camera. I think it's, it's better nice than it see, looks. It's nice to see a teamer deck actually getting some play. It's, team, it's not really a very teamer deck. It's basically, yeah, I guess you're right. It's a green devotion deck splashing for team ascendancy. That's essentially what it is. Uh, there's, there's one deck I would like to mention from the top eight, and that's the deck that came in second, and it is red-white aggro. And, I mean, it's, it's got, you know, it, it's, it's pretty standard, except um, instead of... Either the uh, Heliod's Emissary or the, uh, not Heliod's, Heliod's Pilgrim mm-hmm. or Brimaz. It's running the Monastery Mentor. Right. And then the one of Soulfire Grandmaster. But it's also running two collateral damage, which I guess with Monastery Mentor and Goblin Rabble Master, Master is uh, it's excusable. But there's a, two, there's a two of in there. Yeah, there sure is. Outpost Siege. Oh yeah, There's a two of outpost siege in the deck. Oh yeah, second get your place. outpost sieges. Buy them up. They're f- still forty nine cents Listen. despite making second place in a in a SCG open. Listen, Tassiger was a two of. This is a two of. Why is this forty nine cents? It should be ten dollars. There you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I I do want to say something about the sieges though. Yeah. Get 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 the foils. The foils are so sweet. Yeah, I didn't even know about this until uh, until Saturday. Yeah, so the sieges have a special foil on them. Um, if you so the, it just looks like a normal card when it's not foil, but if it's foiled, all the sieges have this weird uh, foil watermark in the the middle of the card, and it's if, if from one angle it's kind of like holographic where it looks like it looks like the the cons of Tarkir set symbol, and then if you move it slightly, it turns into a dragon's face. Because, you know, you're choosing between cons or dragons. Yeah. And so and so I had mentioned, like, these cards as evidence of what, like, the next set would look like before we knew what this, like, weird little foil thing looked like in right. my grand conspiracy theory uh, rant. And so I think that little dragon's face, that's what the um, the set symbol for dragons Tar- Tarkir is going to look like mm-hmm. since it has yeah. the, the cons uh, symbol. But they're yeah. just so sweet looking. They are. They're really, really cool looking. Yeah. And um, I even traded for, like, a... A Japanese misprint one where, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's been like double printed, so it's like oh. super dark and it looks super cool. It's yeah, I I love them. I love these cards in foil. They're so cool looking. God, it's so awesome. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, Alpo Siege. I, I I do like it. Uh, Peter actually ran it in his red red white deck. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. He like came. He's like, dude, have you? Heard... I got I got this spicy two of. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, Alpo Siege, man. I'm like, oh, I know. 
<laughs> He's like, that's not spicy. First of all, <laughs> I don't think he even said that. First of all, yeah, spicy. I think he said spicy twenty times. This is an entire sentence. Every word was spicy. There was a. I knew there was. He just said spicy was... seventy times, and I knew he meant outpost siege. <laughs> there was a uh, article where it was like top five words magic players need to stop using. And, like, without even looking, it was a serious article. Without even looking at the article, I just replied to it. I was like, numbers one through five, spicy. Mm-hmm. I hate people saying spicy. I, I guess you can mix it up. Tantalizing. Alluring. Nobody uses alluring, though. Captivating. Hold on, let me get up my rhyming thesaurus. Just a second. I don't think there's such thing as a rhyming thesaurus. <laughs> I want to find a word that means the same thing as the word that I'm trying to come up with, but then also rhymes. God, I hope I hope some venture capital funds are listening because I'm just spitting out million-dollar ideas here. <laughs> Short sell some magic cards and make a rhyming thesaurus. <laughs> Oh, God. And yet Zuckerberg's the one that's rich. I don't get it. Zuckerberg! Yeah. I was doing the Colbert thing. No, but... um, <laughs> uh, What other decks you want to talk about from this list? So, like, uh, you know, the Mono Green Devotion lists uh, now seem to be running uh, many of Ugin's and four Frontier Sieges. Um, just going for it. I really like it. It, it. I feel like the deck is super streamlined right now and, and super consistent. Uh, none of these cute one ofs or anything like that. Just a bunch of uh, solid numbers and uh, and solid business. I'm specifically looking at uh, Callie Anderson's list mm-hmm. uh, from the top 32. Uh, four of Whisperwood Elemental sideboard. Love it. Reclam- Reclamation Sage sideboard. I've been thinking about Reclamation Sage main deck, but um, again, uh, I think far. I think that's me. Yeah, taking things doing what I normally do and like overcompensating for stuff. Yeah. You like but, too much uh, of a good thing. Oh man. Don't I? That's why I'm now sober, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it looks like mono green devotion, uh, is playable again because there was a time there when it wasn't. And, uh, I think Ugin like kicked this deck right back into playability. I think frontier siege helps, but I think the two cards together are what really, give the deck a kick the one thing i I, i'd like to mention is just there's no mardu i felt like that was like one of the decks that a lot of people would come to like that that would be like one of the main decks played and it's just nowhere it is nowhere in the top 16 uh there's one in 22nd place that's where it starts to show up Mm -hmm. um i think what people did was just i think they realized that red white was probably a better choice like, just not even wasting time with the black. Yeah. I mean, what does the black really give you? It gives you Butcher the Horde. Uh, it gives you Soren. It gives you Crackling Doom. But there wasn't a ton of blue-white heroic, which is what Crackling Doom's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of aggro, which is where Mardu kind of s- slips in. Like, Mardu's just a better deck versus um, versus aggressive decks, and especially heroic decks. And there just wasn't a ton of heroic decks near the top table 
Um, and there wasn't a lot of aggro decks in the top table. So, yeah, I just didn't have, like, a, a natural prey, I guess. Right, right. And uh, Red White's just more consistent. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the... Because every time I play Red White, I'm like, well, what if I just add this slight splash? But, I mean, usually Goblin Rabble Master and a ton of burns good enough to get there. But that's essentially what these Mardu decks are, so I'm not really sure what, it, what it's necessarily giving up. The mana's not as good. That's, that's about all I can think of. And I think that's huge, though. There were a lot of times, and especially if you are expecting, um, you know, heroic decks and things like that, um, or aggro decks, having your lands come into play tapped is such a beating. When I was playing the green or the abs and reanimator deck the one time I tried it, mm-hmm. um, all my lands coming into play tapped was literally the reason why I didn't beat blue white heroic. Like, I had the removal spell. I just—they were tapped out. I had Seder Wayfinder out, or I cast it, and um, I needed an untapped black mana source so I could cast a murderous cut. You know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, revealed four. La- I looked at four lands, and none of them came into play untapped. Played a tapped land. Next turn, they untap, they get all their stuff going, and of course they've got the gods willing after that. You know, it was just like, no question. I mean, I knew they had the gods willing after that, and I didn't even thought seize them, but I knew they had it. I was like, yep, okay. This was my window, it closed, and I have no chance now. And uh, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, I can see, like, wanting to have your second land come into play untapped like without question every time yeah it looks like this deck kind of made that concession the mardu deck that got 22nd played by Mm -hmm. Derek campbell so it's got 25 lands and normally these mardu decks are running oh gosh three or four storm breaths alongside another couple of uh five drops but this one yeah uh only two five drops and just two colagons this is actually a tokens deck because it's running four raise the alarm Four Hordling Outbursts, the four Goblin Rabble Master, and then your payoffs for the the token strategy are the Butcher, uh, four of two Colagon, which I do want to try in Mardu, yeah, and yeah. three Sorens. And I like that. No um, no Brutal Horde Chief, which I also agree with because I did not like that card when I was testing Mardu. Yeah. One thing I did want to point out is that there was a blue-white control deck uh, that finished in the top 32. And, um, wow, I mean, this is, like, super, super, super uh, controly, if you will, lack of a better word. That's a really terrible descriptor. But um, 27 lands, 11 main deck counterspells. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, if, if everyone shows up with mid-range decks, they're just going to get wrecked by that. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is, like, this deck is this deck's kind of good, man. Uh Pearl Lake Ancient is your only creature. Three Elspeths, uh, three Banishing Light, one Devouring Light, three Dig Through Time, three Disdainful Stroke, four Dissolve, two Divination, three End Hostilities, three Jace's Ingenuity, three Last Breath, one Negate, three Nullify, and 27 lands, including four Radiant Fountain, hmm. four Tranquil Cove. Man, this makes those aggro decks sad. You know, I, I, I've, been, I've been thinking about this. Everybody's playing Crux of Fate. It's a five mana uh, Wrath, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just make End Hostilities way better? Since if everyone's like, 
Like, everybody was like, ooh, and hostilities. That's a five-mana Wrath of God. I ain't playing that crap. Oh, people then everyone still gets, playing it. And then everyone gets Crux of Fate, and it's like, ooh, Crux of Fate. I'm going to play that. Like, doesn't it just make, like, end hostilities or just prove that end hostilities is, like, is actually good? Um, no, because I think the deck that's always in the market for a sweeper is whatever the control deck of the format is. Right. And the control deck of this format has been blue-black control. Yeah, I guess that's true. And so, finally, blue-black control has, like, another wrath other than the perilous fault. So, that's why it made a bigger impact. Yeah. It's just more wraths for more decks that normally don't get them. White always has a wrath. And this one actually that's works true. with, uh, you know, you, you could still technically play creatures like Silumgar. That's actually why I liked, uh, so Peter was playing the red-white deck. Um, and we were talking about, you know, you have a lot of options at, you know, well, several different uh, costs on the mana curve, but uh, most notably three and five. And, you know, at five, you can either do Wingmate Rock, Sarkin, Stormbreath Dragon, and I think that's it, basically. So it's like you're choosing between those three. And right now it seems like everyone, or at least what we thought, was everyone was going to play Marty or Jeskai. So if you mm-hmm. thought that, then everyone's playing White Spells or even Blue-White Heroic. Mm-hmm. then you definitely want to play Stormbreath Dragon because you get protection from white. And then if and then if everyone's not playing white and they're just playing black or blue-black control, uh, then they're going to be playing Crux of Fate. Right. And then you definitely want to be playing Stormbreath Dragon because he doesn't get blown up by that. I mean, narrow to Sarkin, but, you know. Yeah, he does. Stormbreath Dragon gets blown up by Crux of Fate. Well, sure, but <laughs> if you say destroy all dragons, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You want to curve your uh, uh, seeker of the way into Goblin Rabble Master, um, into you know, or Hordling Outburst into that. Right. You just want to blow up right. One dragon. That's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I guess like Sarkin definitely doesn't die to it either way. That's true. You know, which might make Sarkin a better choice. But that pro white is huge. Yeah. I was very worried about I was worried about Stormbreath Dragon, which I'm sure if the games had gone long enough, I'd see two or three of them from Deanna's deck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just assuming here. But yeah, I didn't have to face it, and it was a short day. Wow, we had a Pyromancer Ascension list. Wow, two Pyromancer Ascension lists in the top eight of the uh, Modern Open. I did not even like look at what. I kind of glanced at it, but I didn't pay enough attention to notice two Pyromancer Ascensions. And there was a Pyromancer Ascension Oh, uh, Boggles won. Yeah, man. Uh, My buddy Dave, my buddy Dave Heilker, playing Boggles, won the modern portion, man. Huge congratulations to Dave. Uh, Unfortunately called Auras on uh, SCG. Does anyone not call that deck Boggles? It boggles the mind that they would call it Auras. Why is it? Why Auras? Really? Really? I don't understand. Uh, Tron's making a comeback. Domain Zoo. <laughs> God, it's so funny. It's not a bad deck. Oh, this is week one without no birthing uh, pod. Treasure Cruise no treasure or Birthing Pod. And uh, wow, we got a blue-white Merfolk deck made the top 16. Uh, Red-white Burn. Teamer Twin. Look at this! Look at this top sixteen, and tell me that those bands did not help, did not enhance the modern format. No, I don't think you could say that. That's going too far. 
I think this, that there's a huge improvement in terms of just like the variety of decks, different decks having a chance to uh, to to perform. Yeah, but this isn't the Pro Tour. Well, we'll see what happens when the Pro Tour actually. Like, I feel like most like um, not like Pro Tour or GP level modern events are basically people just bringing whatever they like to play for modern at least. So here's the here's the um, the pre ban like the last uh, Premier IQ at a standard an SEG Open. Mm-hmm. Here's the top eight. Okay. Number one. And this is before the ban. You know the before right. they got rid of all the oppressive delve cards and birthing pod. First place, red green Tron. Second place, Abzan Midrange. Third place, Teamer Delver. Fourth place, Jeskai Control. Fifth place, Affinity. Sixth place, Scape Shift. Seventh place, Scape Shift. Eighth place, Abzan Pod. Birthing Pod. Don't call it Abzan Pod. What is that? That that's that's too far. But yeah. Abzan Pod. Abzan. That's too much. That's simply I can't. I won't tolerate that. Although, and then <laughs> the rest of the top sixteen was Pod 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 and a blue red delver and a malira pod god i'm so glad i don't have to play against malira pod anymore hated that deck wait what's the difference between malira pod and abzan pod oh it actually has malira in it and not the um archangel of thune combo okay never mind doesn't Uh, matter it's completely irrelevant now these are not cards that will be played in modern (laughs) right (laughs) one of thassa in the uh, in the Merfolk deck that made top sixteen. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Mm, I guess the question is, do I just keep playing Burn in Modern? Yes. Probably. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep playing Burn. Why would you not play Burn? I mean, I'm 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 building Burn. I'll play some Burn. It's no birthing pot anymore. Although here's the problem. Burn had a great matchup versus Blue Red Delver, and I was like, no, don't get rid of that deck. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a problem. But Birthing Pod was degenerate and needed to go. Yep. Agreed. Too many. Glad it's gone. Too many Kitchen Finks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's... I know they didn't want to, Like, that was the real problem card in the deck. They, they couldn't just out and out ban a Kitchen Finks. <laughs> but uh, we know. I'm just curious to see if the um, Spike Feeder Archangel of Thune combo shows up like organically in a deck. With like Corda Calling or something? Or something, yeah. I mean, you know. I th- with Cord or just four ofs of each. No. That's just too... It's too cute. Probably. That's not going to happen. It might, but I don't think it's going to happen. It is definitely one of the most annoying, unfun things to play against. So It's like, I have this creature, I have this creature, now I gain all this life. Oh, really? Wow. Hated it. That was fine. I didn't mind playing against Pod. We, we, did, we discussed this last week. We are rehashing the past. We did. It's we over. Did. It's been banned. Now, so you're, you're on board with Green Ramp into Ugin going forward in Standard. Yes, I think so. I'm going to give it a go. I will build... Either Naya Tokens, which I still like. I still like running out of Monastery Mentor into Xenagos. That's just hmm. an awesome combo. Cause then you, and then you get to really ramp the next turn. Especially wow. if it's like turn one Elf into turn two Mentor into turn three Xenagos. So then you trigger your Mentor, and then you make a guy. So now you have one, two, three, four guys. And then next turn you have like infinite mana. And you can play like an Elspeth. What about Mentor into Hammer of Perforos? Hmm. 
because the hammer triggers the uh, the prowess and makes the creature that then has haste. You know what? I like that. Yeah. It doesn't. So okay, neat. yeah. You'd have to be. You'd, I don't know. You'd have to go away with get a, get away from Goblin Rabble Master at that point, though. Yeah, you would. But the second place red white deck just ran four of both. <laughs> Which is basically so that's what people are doing. You either run just guy ascendancy and monastery mentor, and then you start cutting down a goblin rabble master. Uh-huh. Or you just run both and they just can't have removal for all of them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Or I guess that... you ephemeral shields or valorous dance it or whatever. Yeah, I love ephemeral shields. That was that was a neat card. I I I, I just couldn't fit enough cards in my heroic deck. That was the problem. I had so many different like answer cards for things right again like I feel like I almost just wanted to counter things rather than being like man I hope I have the right answer card when they do this yeah so basically I want to try like I said last time but this time actually keep testing until I get to a build I actually like probably red white aggro Jeskai or Mardu but mm-hmm. not with Soulfire. I, I didn't like that card uh, I actually monastery mentor wasn't the best I felt like I don't know I just didn't like it I liked it with just in Jeskai and Jeskai only. Hmm. Um, I actually didn't like it in Red White Aggro, and I didn't like it in Mardu. Uh, yeah, so I tested the like Sam Pardee posted this like self mill sacrifice Mardu deck, and it was actually pretty good. You ran four Tormenting Voice, four uh, Bloodsoaked Champion, uh, a couple of Timberettes who were actually just amazing, and then four uh, Flame Wake Phoenixes. So I mean, those are just you know draw draw two cards instead of uh it gets rid of the downside of the tormenting voice and yeah, then yeah since this is an aggro deck it's really good at you know getting a getting your opponent down to a really low life total and then eventually you just set up a loop with blood soak champion to <laughs> just attack in and kill it with the uh and sack it with your timoret huh. over and over and just keep recasting it uh blood soak champion is not in a good place right now though everyone's playing either uh raise the alarm or sylvan carry Battle added Master yeah or... it's just this is not doing anything yeah. So I, I'd, I'd rather try to do Mardu tokens. And I actually want to try a few more five drops. I want to try a couple Colagons, but I'd like it with Sarkin or Storm Breath, like just in combination. It just seems like mm-hmm. if you just have that combo out where you've got a bunch of low drops out and you either have a Sarkin or a Storm Breath already in play and then you just dash your Colagon, like it, it seems impossible to lose from that position. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because you're doing like nine damage from your three. Uh, uh, hordling outburst tokens and then you're also hitting for like 12 in the air that just seems stupid <laughs> yeah it does that's awesome so definitely want to try that so I, I'd, I'd give the thumbs down i guess relative to what i was expecting on monastery mentor thumbs down Soulfire grandmaster uh thumbs up because i'm just <laughs> i i am setting my ways on outpost siege thumbs down <laughs> on brutal horde chief thumbs up on whisperwood elemental uh, I didn't try Tassiger or <laughs> was the Frontier Siege. I don't do. I don't get in with that ramp stuff. <laughs> uh, although I just talked about how awesome it Xenagos is at ramping, um, <laughs> and I, I and I guess Ugin's amazing. Playing it like it just getting that on the battlefield is just a great game plan, and it's something that green devotion decks were were missing. Also, yeah, I I think it gives. I just think it gives the deck another way to end the game, and just another way to. To just take care of business that it didn't have before. Um, the problem with Green Devotion was that you're like, I have this this big creature. Then they go, kill it. You're like, oh, crap. You know, like, you're like, I did all this work. I have this big creature. Kill it. 
or at least now, like, you have just so many different ways to attack them that I don't know if they'll be able to handle everything. Well, that or it used to be that, sure, you can ramp all you like, but I'll eventually find my end hostilities, and then it doesn't matter what board you've presented. There's just no coming back. Right, right. Because even with uh, that, you know, that even nabs all the lands you made with your Nissa, if that's something you were trying to do. But uh, with Hugin, yeah, I mean, that's not that's not helping you. That's all I got. I'm uh, thumbs down on manifest for now, unless this just turns into an Ugin format, and then you want all the manifest creatures you you can you can handle and play because you can't kill them. That's true. Unless he pluses. Yeah. He totally can kill them. And wild slash, I didn't get to try out. I still have not really. I haven't cast that card yet. I haven't I haven't found room for it in my decks. That doesn't seem right. I know. The fact that you have not cast a wild slash. Well, I wanted to make that blue. Red, like, just burn deck with treasure crews in it. They're calling it burning boats or whatever. So I thought it'd be a good addition there, but I haven't tried it out yet. Could be good. I mean, the teamer ascendancy combo looks like it's up my alley, but I'm probably not going to get around to playing that. Oh, you're into ramp decks now? No, I said I'm not going to play that. I really like Timoret, though. I forgot how much I like that guy. So maybe maybe uh, black, red, maybe aggro. I don't know how you get to that, though. God, Kologon's going to be busted if they, like, print any low... Like mana drop creatures in Dragon's here. Low mana dragons. Slumbering dragon. That's not legal. I know, but they could reprint it. <laughs> Man, I am exhausted right now. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm aware, yeah. Oh, boy. We should wrap this up. Mm-hmm. All right, so standards shaping up to be crazy. <laughs> Lots of weird decks Lots of the same decks, lots of new cards being played. We'll see um, how many of them continue being played over the next couple weeks. Um, next week, uh, SCG has their uh, Legacy Open, um, which we don't really do Legacy all that much. So, I mean, I guess we could talk about it a little bit. Um Maybe if there's stuff that you're interested in with that, but I just don't really follow Legacy that much. Okay, so. that's right now. Tassiger makes top 16. Yay or nay? Of Legacy? Yeah. Legacy? Sure. Nay. He gets played on camera once. I wouldn't know. Well, I'm just betting. I'm just asking. I'm just betting. Sending a line. Over or under once. Um, I'm going to say No. Patriots or Seahawks? Um, Everton. Anyway, um, we're gone. We're gone. I'm so tired. I don't know where this tired came from, but we got to get off here. Sure. So that's all we have for this week. Until next time, we are UMTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was hella mean, but right strike. And for thinking combined, Libor Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip hop, you rep vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh daily. I maintain the quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it, I've lost friends and loved ones Couldn't cope with it, pursue music with a strength Yo MTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever On legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes
Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter, at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Stephen on Twitter, at m00npi. Follow Joey on Twitter, at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>